Hello everyone, once again we are here from St Mark's for the sermon this morning. I have to say it doesn't become normal preaching to a camera in empty church. It's a very strange experience and it continues to be a strange experience even though I've been doing it for a few weeks now. But we continue to pray on for the day when uh, you'll all be able to be here as, uh, as normal, whenever that may be. Uh, but in the meantime, here we are and we're here uh, hearing from God's word. Now today we're going to be thinking about Jesus' words in, uh, well, in today in Luke's Gospel, which is give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I think they're actually recorded in um, about three of the Gospels, those words. Now, there's a new national pastime which seems to have developed, particularly over the past few months and years, and that is criticising the government. It seems to be the new national pastime, you know, that people aren't content simply to, to get on with the uh, get on with things, but everything has to be the government's fault. And I think that that is particularly the case among uh, younger people, among, you know, some my generation and, and younger people. Um, particularly, I think, with social media, you know, it's become very easy just to be very critical of the government and point the finger at them for, for just about everything that's wrong in society. And, you know, we were thinking last week about how there's a, a sort of a, a decline at the moment in, in respect for authority. You know, the levels that, uh, of respect that people have for the police and for MPs and so on is, has gone down. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the context that we are, uh, we are living in today. But what we have today is, is kind of really helpful uh, speaking into that. This is Jesus who's giving us a, a rare lesson on, on dealing with earthly authorities. And he very rarely spoke about earthly authorities. And we'll maybe think uh, more about that in a moment's time. But he very rarely spoke about uh, earthly authorities, but in, in this passage he does. And this helps us to know as Christians how we should relate to our, our government and to, the, uh, to earthly kind of authorities. So um, we're starting at verse uh, chapter 20 and verse... Uh, verse 20. And so, the uh, keeping a close watch on him, they, the chief priests, teachers of the law, and so on, the Jewish authorities, they uh, sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said, so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. Now, in this verse and the next verse, there are uh, a Three, at least three things which are absolutely ironic that I, that I spotted. One of the things just um, that I came up with is that these people were pretending to be sincere in order to, to trap Jesus, in order to trap him about whether he, he was um, in keeping with the law, whether he understood the law, whether he obeyed the law. And I thought, hold on a second, doesn't the ninth commandment say, don't bear false witness against your neighbour? You know, don't, don't lie, don't pretend in, in that way to try and trap someone. And so here they are, these people, breaking the law in order to test whether Jesus really understood the law and whether he obeyed the law. And you think, well, that's, that's ironic, isn't it? The first thing. The second thing is that what they say about Jesus in verse 21, we know that you speak and teach what is right, that you do not show partiality but teach the way of God, in accordance with the truth. Now that is an absolutely true statement, we know, don't we? And yet they didn't intend it sincerely. 
but it's true nonetheless. So that's the second ironic thing, that although they didn't mean it, they speak something which is completely true. Uh, and the third thing that they, uh, that's ironic is that they want to hand Jesus over to the earthly authorities, even though the question that they're going to ask him is about whether we should respect those authorities. So, um, you know, again, there's just layers of, of kind of irony in this, that what they're doing, they just don't, don't perceive to be wrong at all, and yet it is. And you think, how on earth could they be so blind? How on earth could they be so blind? And I think we must be cautious here because, you know, whenever I see this kind of thing happening, and it does seem to happen from time to time, the, it's usually because of people's views about the greater good. And, you know, because of people say, well, because there's a greater good um, as a result of this, then that justifies me in doing whatever it is that I need to do. But I think it, 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 we really have to be careful about the greater good because it's a real temptation, you know, that so, we, we mustn't ever think about the greater good and do something wrong in order to get there. You know, if God wants something to happen for the greater good, he will give a way of, of it happening without doing wrong on the way. And it's a real temptation, but we have to, uh, have to resist it. And, you know, it can cause us to be blind to sin and lead us down a wrong path, which is what was happening with, uh, with these people, unfortunately. So the question that they ask Jesus is, uh, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And what they were thinking is that, you know, the, the Jews at the time, they lived under Roman rule and they really didn't like being under Roman rule. And taxes were a constant reminder to them that they were subject to the Romans, which they, they hated. And it was a divisive issue in Jewish society at the time. You know, some people argue that you should pay taxes and other people argue that you shouldn't. And so they thought, aha, that Jesus, well, we'll, we'll get him here. He'll have to nail his colours to the mast. You know, he'll have to answer one way or the other and, and we'll be able to catch him out. He'll either lose his popularity with the people or, you know, he'll, he'll lose his integrity, whatever it is. One way or the other, we'll catch him out. We'll get him. So they thought they were being clever in asking this question. Well, Jesus gives the most amazingly wise answer. He replies to them and um, he says, he just gets them to bring a coin. And he says, whose image is on it? Uh, whose image and inscription are on it? And they say Caesar's. And uh, he says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Now the Pharisees, we know earlier on in the, in the gospel, they loved money. This is what it says in chapter 16, verse 14. The Pharisees who loved money. So that Luke explicitly makes the point that the Pharisees loved money. They would have certainly had coins on them in their purses or pockets or whatever, wherever it is they kept money. So when Jesus says, bring me a denarius, he is, you know, they'll probably just get it, you know, reach in their, in their wallet and get one out. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the, the, the thing about the Pharisees, you know, they're not really asking a question about what they practically should do. They're asking a philosophical question. They're asking a question which, you know, people sometimes ask questions like this. I don't know if you've had this. 
when you're discussing, but people ask a question and they don't really want to know the answer. They're just asking a question to prove a point, just to prove that they're clever or, or something like that. And um, sometimes, you know, for example, people ask, um, well, who made God then? And people don't really want to know uh, the answer to that question, but people are just asking it because it's, you know, it, it sort of makes the point. They're not really interested. And, and this is a bit like the question that the, the chief priests and the, um, so on, they were asking of Jesus, you know, um, uh, is it right for us to pay taxes? They don't really want to know the answer. As we've seen, they just want to, uh, they just want to test Jesus because they don't care. As we've already seen, they love money. You know, they love money. And so um, Jesus's answer, I think, is just such an amazing uh, kind of godly wisdom that comes out, which is he just completely um, sidesteps their trap. And he gives a, a wonderful answer, which is that we should give our due both to God and to Caesar. You know, we should give to God what belongs to him and we should give to Caesar what belongs to him. And I thought it might be worth just taking a little closer look at what the Bible has to say about government, because what Jesus hints at here, I think we, the rest of the Bible kind of expands on a little bit in the New Testament. And it's something which we don't look at very often, a biblical view of government and of how Christians should relate to the secular authorities. So let's take a quick look. I'm going to read you a couple of passages from a, a bit later on in the New Testament. And this is just kind of expands really what Jesus is talking about in this passage. And the first passage um, is Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. And the other passage on this is from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. But I don't think I'll read that out now because um, it sort of says very similar kind of things. But you might want to have a little look at that afterwards. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. So let's uh, think about what the Bible has to say about uh, secular authorities. authorities. Let's draw a few threads together. The first thing is that there is no authority which God has not established. I think that comes over very clearly here. There's no authority which God has not established. And you think, we mentioned this last week with Pilate, 
But think about what Jesus said to Pilate, you know, even Pilate, the man who crucified him, you would have no authority if it had not been given to you from above. So that's what Jesus said to Pilate. So there's no authority apart from that which God has given. The second thing is that authorities have a responsibility from God for justice. And that's what Paul says here in Romans chapter 13, that authorities on earth have been given responsibility by God to administer justice in particular. And that's what the job of the state is, to administer justice and to do what is right. So that's why God has given authorities. Uh, the third thing is that we have a corresponding responsibility to respect and obey uh, those authorities. And I think that comes across here, you know, that Paul says, if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If respect and honour, then respect and honour. We should respect and honour those whom God has placed in authority in our country and you know, whichever country that, that you happen to be in. Now, this doesn't mean agreeing with them all the time, but I was just thinking about you know, the way that in our country at the moment that we treat politicians and those in authority, which is a lot of mockery. And you know, I think actually we need to be very careful about the way that we criticise our government and our politicians and so on, with a, a kind of an air of respect and honour because they are, at the end of the day, they are people who God has put there. Even if we may disagree with them, even if we may strongly disagree with them, we need to disagree with respect and with honour that is due to their office. And sadly, I don't think that always happens. And I don't think, perhaps doubly sadly, that Christians in particular manage very well to talk about our leaders in that kind of respectful and honouring way. Um, just the other day, you know, I saw um, you know the bishops had all written about you know the thing in the uh, that happened at the weekend about Dominic Cummings and about you know breaking the lockdown restrictions and so on. And I'm not going to comment about the rightness or wrongness of that. But I noticed that the bishops um, had um, you know a lot of them have been active about it, and and I think some of them said some quite uh, immoderate things. I mean, many of them were you know just um, yeah. Uh, I think quite reasonable, but some of them are quite immoderate. And I think, you know, how can a bishop get to the point of saying something quite immoderate uh, about, uh, about one of our elected uh, representatives? Uh, actually, no, he's not elected, is he? But anyway, uh, it just felt a bit wrong to me that, that these kind of things should be said by Christian leaders. And um, so I think we should respect and honour those who are in authority. But, but the, final, the final thing, though, and this is a, an important caveat to that, is that our primary duty is to God. Our primary duty is to God. And this is what the apostles say in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. You may know, we must obey God rather than men. And so where our obedience uh, to God conflicts with our obedience to our authorities, then we must, uh, we must submit to God rather than to human authorities. So if the authorities say, um, you know, you should pay taxes, then that's not something which is against God, so we should pay our taxes. But if the authorities say, don't worship God, you know, you're not allowed to share your faith, you're not allowed to do it, then, then we can't obey that because our duty is to God. 
and you know in in the western countries and in, in the uk you know we've been quite quite blessed i think uh, in you know the past past few years that we have enjoyed a degree of freedom to meet as christians but many christians throughout the world have this as a very live issue having to deal with secular authorities who do come down hard on christians now can you imagine grappling with something like this in north korea which would be a very different deal to how it is here so um, this is not an easy thing to do but i think it's important to think about the biblical principles of authority to help us be able to to think through these kinds of issues well let's draw uh, uh, some conclusions then because i wanted to finish on a more practical note things that we can actually um, actually do and, and how this makes a difference to us in the coming week uh, so i think the first thing is that all of our uh, political engagement for you know political in inverted commas uh, when we're talking about our government and decisions that our government have made and so on all of that should be constructive and with respect now this is something that i um, you know it's easy to point the finger at other people but i certainly don't manage this uh, nearly as often as i would like to when I'm talking about the government. Um, but I think we need to treat our leaders as if God put them there, because he did put them there, even if we disagree with them, and even if they go against uh, Christian values in, in some respects. You know, we need to, to treat them with the respect that they deserve. So that's the first thing. How do we talk about our leaders? Do we talk about them constructively and in a sort of honouring and respectful way? The second thing, we should hold politicians to account appropriately. So because God has put them there with responsibilities for justice and doing what is right, when they don't do that, we should uh, be able to, to say, hold up our finger and say, well, actually, I don't think that's right. And, and that is a mark of respect. You know, that when we hold people to account, we are treating them with respect because we are saying that I, I consider you worthy of the dignity of being held up to, to law. You know, you're a human being made in the image of God and, you know, you can make moral decisions. God has given you that right and that, that ability. And so, you know, when you make wrong decisions, that is actually uh, a, a comes from being made in the image of God, of, of you know, having that freedom to kind of make decisions. So when we hold people to account, we are treating them with respect, but we need to do it again in a way which um, treats them as those made in the image of God and not kind of shout at them with anger or, or any of those kind of things, not lose our, our heads about it, but do it in an appropriate way. The third thing is that uh, it's right for us to be involved uh, appropriately again. And I always think about uh, William Wilberforce, who was the um, kind of primary driver behind the abolition of slavery. He was a Christian and he went into politics uh, to make a difference. And I think it, it is right for Christians or some Christians to go into politics and to be involved, get involved in political parties and so on, uh, to make a difference. Now that's a good thing to do. That is a good thing to do. Uh, but we need to remember the final thing is, is that we need to have our priorities right. That end, at the end of the day, politics will not solve everything. But we need to remember that uh, God, we need to give to God what is God's, and uh, his is kind of like the primary uh, thing for us. And as I was preparing this, it really struck me how rarely Jesus spoke about politics. You know, he could have done. He could have criticised Caesar, 
but he didn't. He could have spent all the time talking about Herod and talking about how the, what the government were doing was wrong. <coughs> but he didn't. In fact, Jesus more often spoke about our personal need to turn from our sin and to, to look to him. And that's something which I think we would all bear in mind, that you know, the world would be substantially changed if actually, rather than calling on other people to do things, we look to ourselves, we look to our own repentance, and we look to turn to God kind of first and foremost from our own hearts before we look at all of the, the ills of the world. So uh, we need to remember our priorities when we engage in these things. Well, I hope that this has been a helpful little detour, I suppose, in thinking about what the Bible says about government. Jesus is brief here, but I think the principles that he outlines and picked up by Paul in Romans and also in 1 Peter are, are helpful for us, and particularly at this time when it's very easy, you know, you think, oh, the government there, the lockdown is too much or it's not enough or they're doing, they're always doing the wrong thing. So let's pray and ask God that he would give us a right attitude to our leaders and help us to engage in that way which is respectful and which, which is honouring to our leaders and honouring to God, that we would keep our priorities straight when we do that. So let's close uh, with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that these are big topics uh, and we pray that you would help us to have a right understanding of them. We pray that you would help us to have um, a biblical view of the authorities that you've placed in the world. Help us to engage with our leaders uh, with respect and the honour that is due to them. Uh, but most of all, Lord, be able to give you the respect and honour which is due to you. And to be able to get our priorities right in the way that we talk uh, about these things. So please help us to engage well with what's going on in the world as people who model uh, the good kind of engagement as, as Jesus uh, did as well. We pray that you would help us now in Jesus' name. Amen.